Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 86 of Top Stories, the Bugle archive rating show brought to you by The Bugle. I'm Andy Zaltzman and today we go back to chaotic times in issue 66 of The Bugle in March 2009 where Barack Obama gave Gordon Brown a rubbish present in an episode entitled Obama Gives Brown a Rubbish Present. Here I am with John Oliver. Top story this week, he was brown in the USA! Gordon Brown, Prime Minister of Great Britain, and of course he could have been Prime Minister of the entire world if he'd been born 200 years ago, came to America this week to visit the political lords that is President Obama. Uh, He was, I presume, hoping to kneel at his feet and have some of his magic electability rub off on him. (laughs) But sadly, even before he landed, there were stories circulating about him being snubbed by the White House after being denied a public press conference with the President and even lunch. And this may just be part of a creeping anti-British sentiment from the White House because I was there a couple of weeks ago and I was denied both of those things (laughs) as well. No public press conference with the President and even worse than that, no lunch. In fact, I had to wear a different security pass to my producer and camera crew because I wasn't American, which meant I had to be escorted wherever I went. I think they were concerned that as a British person, I might be coming back to the White House to burn it down again, <laughs> finish the job we started. So I demand at least one press conference with the president and at least one lunch. Reparations, Andy. I was snubbed. So uh, what's the general feeling that Brown and Obama didn't really, uh, didn't really hit it off? Because well, I, was, I was hoking it might be like John Smith and Pocahontas all over again. <laughs> well, I think the hope is that we can get over this early kind of stumble. Right. And it's a, it's a special relationship between our two nations, albeit the kind of special relationship that exists between a businessman and a prostitute. <laughs> but now there are worries over the specialness of this special relationship. A White House official referred to it as a special partnership, and the British press went batshit crazy. <laughs> writing, they don't like us anymore, America wants to see other people, the best we can hope for is an open relationship in what's going to be a global gangbang. <laughs> and in response, 
Gordon Brown urged us to renew our special relationship, kind of like renewing wedding vows. And maybe our two nations should go to Hawaii, stand on the beach in front of each other wearing linen suits and flip-flops, and just restate our commitment to one another. Do you, America, take this decaying tiny island to be your global partner, to give you a longed-for sense of history? And do you, Britain, take this superpower as your global partner to help you recapture a time when you were internationally relevant? <laughs> If anyone knows of any just cause why these two should not be joined, shut up, Iraq. No. <laughs> then I will pronounce you ex-superpower and soon-to-be ex-superpower. <laughs> you may kiss each other's asses. <laughs> well, it was um, yeah, another example, John, in the uh, increasing proud tradition of Britain absolutely crawling to the USA. One country <laughs> on its knees, on its knees to another country also on its knees. There were quite a lot of knees getting quite aggressively rubbed in the White House. Not for the first time. Gordon Brown delivered an uncharacteristically energetic speech to a joint session of Congress, stating that the partnership between the UK and the US is unbreakable and that no power on earth can draw us apart. And from that point in the speech, he did start to talk almost exclusively in 80s power ballad <laughs> He also didn't shy away from the occasional nauseating compliment, saying, There is no old Europe, no new Europe. There is only your friend Europe. And people <laughs> leapt to their feet, not to applaud, but to run to throw up in the bathroom. <laughs> in fact, he was greeted with 19 standing ovations, exactly matching the number enjoyed by Tony Blair when he spoke in July 2003. And, you know, was the fix in? with those standing ovations, Andy, or maybe he was trying to beat him, because it must have been tempting to throw in another quick line at the end that was bound to get another standing ovation. You know something about the Stars and Stripes being the greatest piece of cloth since the Turin Shroud, and then scream, Yes! 20 standing O's! Suck on it, Tony! Suck on it! Would you say Brown is, uh, has become more popular in America than he is over here, John? He's not doing great over here. In fact, if he wants to win the general election that he's going to have to call at some point in the next 14 months, he's going to have to do at least one of the following two things. Demonstrate the ability to levitate, Britain loves magic, or learn to smile without looking like he's got your children held hostage in a locked pickup. I don't think it went great for him in that people didn't really notice he was oh, here. I see, right. Now, people are a bit more concerned about the 8.1% jobless rates than a man they've never really heard of <laughs> coming to compliment them for a bit. <laughs> there were elements of embarrassment during the trip. There was the traditional exchange of gifts. Gordon Brown gave Barack Obama an ornamental pen holder made from the timbers of the Victorian anti-slave ship HMS Gannett. Uh, but let's, let's be careful not to rewrite history here. Yes, we did invent anti-slave ships, but it's worth remembering that we also invented pro-slave ships before them. <laughs> and, you know, that's probably worth mentioning. Now, did in return, pretty good present, though. Yeah, good present. You've got to give him that. Everyone pretty needs, good gift. Everyone needs a pen holder. Because, especially because I believe the desk in the Oval Office is made from wood from that same ship. Oh, so it's pr pretty pretty good gift. Now, in return, Obama gave Gordon Brown a box set of 25 DVDs. <laughs> Ouch. That is not as good. What, feel, what were they? American classics. So there were Star Wars, Godfather, Citizen Kane. That is a gift of someone who has clearly seen the opinion polls in Britain and <laughs> knows that he's meeting someone who's going to have quite a lot of spare time on his hands in the not-too-distant <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> future. I haven't seen any of these. Well, you'll be able to watch all of them soon. <laughs> You know, I, I feel sorry for both of them. I feel sorry for Gordon Brown, who had to look pleased as he thumbed <laughs> through them, saying, oh, I haven't seen a couple of these. How nice to have. Of course, I probably could have picked most of them up from my local supermarket, but it's nice to have them from you. Uh, but John, the question that clearly all our listeners want to know here is, amongst those 25 DVDs... <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> an award's an award, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I also feel sorry for Obama, because he must have been frantically looking around the room 
for something else to give him at that point. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's not your real present. Got you. Got you. No, instead, I bought you this uh, painting that I hung on my wall. <laughs> that, that's why it's a surprise, because it's on my wall. That way you'd never guess. So, surprise. Yeah, I got you with the DVDs. <laughs> I, I got you. I'm sure Brown must have been tempted just to nick something. Did you manage to steal anything from the White House? No, because because I had the security pass where I was under constant supervision. Right. I couldn't steal anything. And I went there with every intention of basically taking anything that wasn't nailed down. <laughs> and it didn't help that Robert Gibbs' office had nothing in it. Right. He basically hadn't moved in. There were no pictures on the wall in the whole of the West Wing because they just haven't really moved in yet. So there were very, very few stealing opportunities and a lot of Secret Service looking at me with suspicion and contempt. <laughs> the visit came in the same week that Obama officially unveiled his budget at a cool $3.6 trillion. I think the official economic term for that, Andy, is a f- load of money. <laughs> a ben Bernanke called that term. That guy's got a potty mouth. But... This isn't just a bit of a gamble, Andy. This is Obama putting on some mirrored sunglasses, lighting a cigar and pushing everyone's chips across the table. (laughs) The only problem is that if the river card isn't a nine, America is going to have its head in a vice by the end of the day. (laughs) Now, he's spending it on all the things that he talked about in his campaign. Middle-class tax cuts, healthcare reform, indoctrinating school children into radical Islam and spending (laughs) $150 on alternative energy. All classic liberal policies. (laughs) Yeah, he has also set aside $250 billion, uh, in case the banks need to be bailed out again. Uh, now, the banks, presumably, are looking at that $250 billion, very much like a dog looking at a sausage that his owner has left on the edge of a table, having said, good dog, please don't eat that sausage, and then <laughs> left the room. Because, John, that dog will eat that sausage. You cannot tell bankers that there's a bailout contingency fund and expect them not to ram their banks into the nearest available economic brick wall and then say, you're going to have to fix that for us, mate. Of course, not everyone's in favour of all Obama's measures. Health insurers seem to be worried that helping the poor could seriously cut into their profits. The big companies and the rich seem to be worried that helping the poor could force them to pay the tax that the poor won't be paying so much of. And a lot of people also seem to be worried that Obama's environmentally friendly measures will benefit the poor as much as them, even though the poor aren't paying as much towards them. Which really is unfair, John, in a democratic world. True. No one is going to have to start paying for this for at least two years. He's essentially borrowing the business model of people who sell pull-out sofas on TV. (laughs) By now, start making payments summer 2011. On top of that, he's made it clear that America is going to have to cut back on some of its favourite luxury items, such as wars. (laughs) Wars are like pet llamas, Andy. They're lovely to have, but you can never believe how much they cost. (laughs) And they're really hard to get rid of. Really hard, and they cause a hell of a mess. (laughs) Difficult to clean up after. Thank you for listening to another top story. The latest bugle will be in your pod feed. Wait for it. Three, two, one. Now! Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you, you must be so excited. Listen now.